0: But if you're wanting to turn the side hustle into your full time, what number would you need to make in what amount of time to be able to go, Yep, okay, it's now time to dive in. And if you have that as your like beacon of hope at the end, and then start calculating based on that, then that's going to mean that you're going to have a milestone to work towards.
1: The Side Hustlers Perspective podcast is fuel for your mind and creative grind. Each week, we break down the art of healthy hustling, getting out of your own way, and growing your creative business. What's going on? You're listening to episode 240 of the Side Hustlers Perspective Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Scotty Russell, and my mission is to help you bet big on your creative pursuits, especially if you want to turn your side hustle into your main hustle. You can follow along with my latest art, design, and tips on mindset, motivation, and marketing on Instagram at Coach Scotty Russell and all things podcast at Side Hustlers Perspective. Today's overview. Today's overview. Why is pricing so damn difficult early on to wrap your head around? If you're a beginner or you've been in the freelance game for a minute, I encourage you to sit tight and take notes as this pricing conversation today is what I wish I had learned when I had started freelancing or even when I was a couple years into it a hot minute ago when I used to do heavy freelance. Today's guest, former rock star student, Jasmine Holmes, is a six-figure creative entrepreneur who crushes designs for clients, as well as who loves to serve up powerful pricing mindset tips and resources to us hungry creatives. And today, she generously hooks up podcast listeners with a free killer tool, and you'll get that link during our conversation or during the outro, as well as in the show notes. In today's episode, we specifically talk shop on not diminishing your value out of desperation, setting targets and measurable milestones to shoot for, a simple value-based pricing formula for pricing effectively, as well as suggestions for your private hourly rate, depending on what season or experience level you're at, plus tons of pie metaphors, puns, and so much more. Most importantly, above all else, we're trying to convince you today that it's time for you to give yourself a damn raise. And my goal with this episode is just to simplify the macro and micro game of pricing so you can charge what you're worth. But before we get started, could you do me a favor? This show grows because of dope souls like you sharing the good word with your family, your friends, or your following. And it would mean the world to us if you took a screenshot or a video of you working to this in the background and tag us on Instagram stories at SideHustlersPerspective Perspective or JH Designs so we can connect and I can reshare the love back. As always, keep an open mind and act on anything that inspires you today. Ladies and gentlemen, whoever's listening out there, I'm joined by former rock star, coaching student, overall badass human being, Jasmine Holmes. Welcome, Jasmine. It's great to catch back up with you. How you been?
0: Really good. Really good. Things are ticking along really nicely. And I have to say thank you so much for having me on. This is a pretty particular milestone. Like you you, you come up with the uh, the menu of things that you want to achieve. And this is this is the dessert. This is the like gooey chocolate cake and I'm really excited to dig in
1: well it's pretty wild to see like where we were at the beginning of the year and you know talking about your pie and loving for baking and now it's like you're truly owning it it's it's a powerful thing for people when yes when I think of jasmine I think of pie but when you start owning that mental real estate when I see something pie related I think of jasmine that's way more powerful that's something I'm working with my students I'm hoping people think about that when they think of pizza, maybe they think of me or the term side hustle keywords. I'm taking up that brain space. So you are living your brand and I love pumpkin pie and apple pie, but I don't have a green hoodie or an orange hoodie. So we're going with that blueberry yum, yum look (laughs) today. So I'm just like in blueberry pie mode. Nice. Um, So people can expect probably lots of puns, lots of ridiculousness, but you're like me. I think it's powerful to teach people our philosophies and our concepts through the use of metaphors and analogies, especially fun ones. So I think that's what works for you. That's what's always worked for me. So let's dive in. Ooh, we got big girl Juicy Lucy on the the podcast today too. So let's get it. It's going to be a good one. Hey, girly. All right. So for those who don't know, can you bless us with a little bit of a Wikipedia page summary about yourself?
0: Absolutely. Hey guys, I'm Jazz. Jasmine Designs. I am the design superwoman and pricing queen. When it comes to Jazz, she has kind of two sides. We always have a split personality, but uh, I have multiple and we take staff meetings every Tuesday in my brain. It's perfect. Um, but the two sides of me are the design superwoman is created for clients where I fly in, fix problems and fly away until they need me again, like their super secret weapon in their back pocket. And the Pricing Queen has been born, baked, and served up on a silver platter this year. Um, The Pricing Queen takes those 14 years of knowledge that I have as a design superwoman. And teaches other creatives, designers, freelancers how to bake more profit into their creative crust, earn dough for what they do well. Um, So it's really important to me to pass on the knowledge, information and recipes to creative success to other creatives who are maybe where I was four or five years ago, not having a damn clue about pricing about how to price myself, but also the importance of every single part of my brand and how that played into how I price myself for my ideal clients. So that is me.
1: And you reign from Melbourne, Australia, right?
0: Sure do. Original Adelaidean girl or Adelaide, as I like to say, um, which is about eight to 10 hours west of here. um, For all of my US listeners, Um, that is the closest state. So if you were to overlay Australia on America, we're pretty similar in size. So if I was to drive 10 hours to drive home, that would be one state to the other.
1: (laughs) Whereas for you guys, it ends up being a lot more fun how we make this work i'm like okay you have to get up way earlier for this and i have to record way later so we're both making sacrifices to make this work so my kiddos can wait at daycare dad dad's coming here in a little bit (laughs) so i hope you're hungry let's dive into this so first off why pricing specifically as kind of like your your flag that you plant how have you realized like so many people struggle with this is just because so many people came to you and were like it came to you as like the the go-to person to ask questions on pricing? Like, how did this come to play? So it was kind of, a, you know, those, those moments where it's like, oh,
0: it's, it feels serendipitous of like that happened and that happened and that happened. And you look at them backwards, um, kind of like an Arrested Development episode. And you're like, oh, I get how that all works together now. I get to understand it. Right, cool. So a few things happened. One, I was on uh, Dominique Falar's Typism podcast. Shout out to Dominique type isn't queen she's amazing um so when she first put out a list of uh, topics for people to deep dive into and choose pricing was one of the ones I chose and no one else did so I was like okay so this is an uncomfortable subject for some people let's fall forward let's really immerse ourselves into something that one is really difficult for a lot of creatives because um I myself am a 32-year-old elder millennial people pleaser Virgo elder's daughter. So I am 100% the kind of person who will overthink um, and undercharge if I'm not given the right tools to be able to stop myself from doing that. And so when I first started talking about pricing, people responded really positively to the point where my DMs ended up getting filled with not only new starters, but seasoned people in the industry going, hey, can you help me work through this pricing situation that I'm not quite sure what to put a dollar amount on? And it was really affirming and really made it clear that not only is pricing something that everyone struggles with, but it's something that legitimately changes lives. It has the ability to increase how much you're making. And I'm not saying we're going to be all like Scrooge McDuck throwing coins in the air and being like, oh my God, I'm making so much money. It's making it so that you don't have to second guess a pizza on a Friday night. So you don't have to like work out and be scared about spending a little bit on yourself or reinvesting in your business so that you can be growing and actually seeing growth, not only in your personal, but in your monetary side of things.
1: I like that. So people can expect today is learn how to price their worth, learn how to not leave money on the table and learn how to have, I guess, peace of mind. Cause they're not so stressed out. Oh no, but like yeah. peace
0: of mind and peace of pie mind. I like it.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Piece of pie. Okay. So if you could, I would like to go back in time cause so many people in freelancing or looking to freelance in this audience, their pricing knowledge, is either non-existent or they're looking to like advance it, you know, be more of a professional, you know, they've got the basics down, you know, I've, I've priced, I've done some freelance for a year or two, but I'm really ready to like dig this in and, uh, uh, bump up the professional game can you speak a little bit towards your early struggles though just so we humanize the situation and people are like oh thank god i'm not the only one who sucks butt with this but can you just kind of highlight some of your major screw-ups in the day that then radically helped you prepare to where you're at now as a season pricing pro and then we're going to start getting to like the stages and milestones of pricing awesome
0: so i have most definitely underpriced undercharged many a time in the past. Um, uh, but there's also been moments of growth or looking back and going, oh, that that makes sense now. So perfect example happened a couple of weeks ago. I had a old client come back to me after seven years. Now, I'm going to be really open and honest here with my pricing. In this last year, I've teetered between $150 and $200 per hour for my services, for my clients. It's Australian dollars um, and I also um, charge GSTs or goods and services Tax taxes here. Back when I was working for them seven years ago, I was charging them $35 an hour. So when they came to me like a week and a half, two weeks ago, I had to have some really hard conversations with them saying, look, I understand this.
1: Is this a retainer client? Uh,
0: yeah, pretty much. It was putting together a global magazine. Um, and it was a lot of like, just not so much churn and burn work, but it was processes. And so it is time consuming. So I had to be really honest with them and say, look, back then my rate was $35 an hour. I understand now that um, now being at $200 an hour, that's possibly going to price me out of the situation that, is your ideal situation, but we can negotiate, meet in the middle, find a situation that's going to work for us. Ultimately, that didn't work out. Ultimately, they're not going with me and that's totally fine, but I don't have to diminish my worth to be able to get that job. And that's something that's really important as well as having confidence in knowing that what you're serving up is worth the dollar amount that you're
1: putting on that piece of pie. Being confident in the value you provide. So many people are missing that. I think that's the main thing. People don't understand the value they provide and they don't know how to communicate it. And so they're stuck in the butter feeding game of trying to compete to the lowest price to get a client out of desperation.
0: And sometimes realistically, a client isn't looking for the cheapest option. Like Just because you lower your prices doesn't guarantee you the actual job
1: at all. If anything, yeah, like I'm personally to the phase where I like, I know quality is gonna cost me something. And so the cheapest price, I'm like, actually, I don't know if I can take your work seriously.
0: It puts in a flavor of doubt. Like it makes you sit there and go, well, are they missing something that I know is relevant? And therefore, am I going to be getting like paying through the nose by the time this is finished? Because all of the things that they haven't considered or they haven't taken into account that a professional who is charging higher does, am I going to have bill shop, which is the worst, absolute worst.
1: So is the goods and services fee... Similar to like an art creation fee, if you're like an illustrator getting hired for, let's say, I think of Maggie and Tarios Little Patterns, she has her illustration creation fee, and then she has like her licensing fee that she would tack on. Is that like the goods and services still like the creation fee to leverage my creative abilities? You get this and then you have the scope of the work as well?
0: For the most part, yes. Um, I don't do licensing as much as the greats like Maggie and Torios and Ilana and... Um, Alana and Katie, just absolute shout out to those girls. They're awesome. All three of them. Um, And um, I've had more than more chats than I can count when it comes to talking with Maggie and talking with those girls about licensing because that's something that I want to be learning more about
1: um, because I feel like it's really relevant. I think it's going to be even more powerful though because I've had the licensing world, but I think you come in with a different angle, which... I think is going to probably relate to more Well, that's people. the
0: thing is that you know, when we're pricing our services, a lot of the time we go, okay, this is my hourly rate and that's where the conversation stops. Like we go, that's it, we're done. Like I have done 10 hours and therefore you give me 10 hours worth of dollary dues that's, that's it, that's done. But a lot of the time we're not um, considering that there's other parts or other ingredients that we need to consider. So do we need to consider... Um, the value of the job. Um, And when I talk about value, I'm talking about, um, like, what's the value to the client if the problem went away? So if it takes you 10 hours, but it's worth so much more than 10 hours worth of your hourly rate, then you need to be considering that when you're charging. Um, Likewise, if you're creating something and the end result is worth more, like the, the customer is paying more than what you charged, they're making their return on investment or ROI faster than it took to make the proper, to make the design solution, then that's something that you need to be considering in your pricing. So that's why I probably price on hourly maybe 10%, maybe 15% at a stretch. And that's when I don't know the scope. It's when I sit there and I can kind of package it up and say, okay, I think this is going to be about 10 hours worth Here's a 10 hour pack, and this is what we're going to use. Otherwise, I kind of split it between project pricing, where I can bake in extra items like printing, like um, extra services that can be white labeled, or I consider value based pricing, where I can actually look at what the value is at the end and incorporate that into a whole number. And realistically, If you're working on hourly, you're capping yourself at how many hours you can work in the day um, and how many you can actually bill for. But you're also probably being rushed by the client because they're sitting there watching the clock and wanting to get their money's worth. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just a different way of working. And that might not suit you. You might be sitting there going, well, like I don't necessarily want to be working during the day. Or you've got a side hustle and you're working at night and maybe the client doesn't I like would prefer that you work at the same time. So it's all about setting those expectations and boundaries with your clients. And part of that is setting the right price.
1: So where you're at currently today, and then we'll go back and talk about the phases. How do you structure this goods and services fee? And then, so you have your goods and services fee, and then is it like a project-based pricing or value-based pricing? Then you pick one of your pricing criteria that you would follow. Is it kind of like that? Here's this, and then I pair it with one of these models.
0: Largely yes. So, but quite often the client will not know the, the uh, hours amount that I've put on this. Um, and it's, it's really important to kind of let people know that your hourly rate is your personal
1: number. Private hourly it's,
0: rate. Yes, yes. I'm going to keep it to my chest. I'm quite open with mine because I feel like it's really important for other creatives to actually hear numbers rather than going, oh, I don't know, is, is $35 too much? Well, not necessarily if it if it's matches the value that you're serving to your clients. So say, for instance, um, I'm doing a project where I know that there's going to be printing involved or hosting or there's other elements that I know are going to be involved. If the client isn't, it's not always the client's business, nor are they interested sometimes in actually finding out how your costs are broken down, Um, And also how you do the job. So say, for instance, if I hire someone else to help me, they don't need to know how much I'm paying them. They don't need to know. It's not important to them necessarily. So if you can serve them up a whole number, sometimes it's better for the client because they know, okay, we've budgeted this to them. And that's the other thing is that you're working with a budget. You're, most often when you're working with clients and corporates, you're working with a budget that has been allotted to hire a genius like you. So a lot of the time we get in this mindset of like, oh, I'm taking the money away from their back pocket. Well, you're not. It's a budget that's been allocated and they need your services. So provide the value and add extra value where you can, especially when you've got a higher budget because then it's like, awesome, I'm able to do everything <laughs> If anyone who's listening, the cat just like death stared, Scotty, it was
1: great. <laughs> I got, uh, my cats like to bomb the videos of my recordings, but I got three cats. We got a cat door that's literally shaped like a cat so they can get down here anytime they want. So I can't stop them. So then how does the goods and services fee? Cause I think a lot of people aren't thinking about this part. So how do you calculate your own personal and where should someone start in the beginning when they're just getting started, like someone hits them up for a logo, you know, or some kind of like a brochure versus like the next level of intermediate and then like the advanced level. So, so if someone, if Jasmine was back to the beginning, what would you tell Jasmine to do to start with? On like, what's like a basic, I mean, logos were always like the thing yeah. that I got hit up to do. Funnily enough, I don't do logos.
0: Branding in general, yeah, for sure. Um, I've always just found that uh, logos, I'm very picky when it comes to logos because I feel like it's become a, if you are a designer, you are synonymous for making logos. It kind of goes hand in hand and then the expectation is that anyone can do it. And I feel like it takes a certain level of skill, but sometimes the client doesn't necessarily want to be um, understanding or educating that, being educated in that process of what the importance is. So um, when it comes to actually working out that goods and services rate, what you want to be trying to look at is, okay, well, let's let's start with the core of what money do you want to be taking home at the end of the year? So starting with an actual salary, and this is a really good opportunity for you to look around in your industry. And this is where it gets really specific on where you are and what you're doing. You're always going to have designers who are in junior roles or senior roles or um, mid sized roles. And so you start doing the research to where you are and find out what the salary is for where you are. And if that feels low, up it. If it feels high, stick with it. Because realistically, if you start low, you'll have further to go. If you start high, you'll be able to provide value. And then when it comes to then calculating, you need to start actually considering the things that are expenses or you need to take into account to be able to run your business. Things like software, hardware. If you've got a studio like myself or if you are working from home, portioning that into what is the expense of running your business? And once you've got that salary plus expenses, you then need to work out how many hours you can feasibly bill for in a week. So, um Say, for instance, you're working five days a a week, eight hours a day, you can't necessarily bill for every single hour. And if you're only working eight hours a day, well done, Um, because I know I work a lot more. Um, But it's it's, all of those can't necessarily be billed for. So if you can make it so that the ones you bill for cover the ones that you're not necessarily billing for, like putting together your own marketing, putting together your um, admin and charging. And actually doing all of your invoicing. It's really important to make sure that that time that you're running your business, you're not actually operating at a loss. And So when you've put all of the um, salary and your expenses together, and then you've worked out how many billable hours are available to you in a week, and then times that by 52 or less, because you are going to be giving yourself time off, because As a creative, it doesn't mean that because you're enjoying your job, it doesn't mean that you can't have time off, sick leave, paternity leave, maternity leave, all of the things that you can actually uh, make sure that you are being covered. And so you take those, those details, the salary plus expenses, divide it by their working hours, and that gives you your personal hourly rate. That gives the dollar value of your time. And this becomes the base of what you take forward. So say, for instance, you're doing a project, um, project rate. You would then give them a this many hours times my personal rate. You would then create that number and that's the number you give to the client. You don't give them your calculations. They don't need to know that. That's not that important to them.
1: Your hourly rate is private. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So say for instance, you've calculated your hourly rate at $150 an hour and you know, it's going to take 10 hours. You would start with
1: $1,500. That's where you would start. It's your minimum without knowing the true value scope.
0: Yeah. And then you start baking in the extras. So you start make, and a lot of the time, a client isn't necessarily paying for your time and your skills. They might also be paying for your experience because you know that something like this takes extra time or you have a trade account which you then put a markup on. And they're also paying for convenience. Like the convenience of not... Like there's a lot of times where I'm like, oh, I could do that myself, but I would rather pay someone else to do it for me. A convenience fee is really relevant because some people just don't want to do things and that's totally fine if you can do it well and charge well for it that's totally fine there's nothing there's nothing wrong with making money because you're able to do something that someone else can do as well
1: so this is solid so for anybody who's just getting started this is the shit that i wish someone would have told me i'm this is what i do with my students now it's okay big picture let's work backwards too many people are like I don't even know what to charge. I'm just going to start with here. But I'm like, no, start with the big picture. How much you want to make. Say it's like 50K and you're just beginning. Realistically, most people listening are creative side hustlers doing this outside of day job, and they would be stoked to make 20K in a year. So start with 20K. And by the time you continue to scale it and you're ready to do this full time, you already have systems in place. But so many people think they need to do this full time right from the jump to be considered successful because they're clout chasing. When really it's best to master it now a little bit at a time, leverage what Jasmine's saying right now, and then slowly scale it and master the back-end tax-related accounting stuff. That's for another day. (laughs) But okay, so that's what you would highly recommend for anybody just getting started.
0: Any stage at all. And realistically, what's going to define what milestone you're up to or what stage you're up to is largely going to be that first number, that salary base. So if you're wanting to have this as a side hustle, how much do you want to make from your side hustle? How much would you need to make from your side hustle? If you are tra- if, and if you're just doing a side hustle to keep it as a side hustle, that's totally fine too. But if you're wanting to turn the side hustle into your full time, what number would you need to make in what amount of time to be able to go, Yep, yeah, okay, it's now time to dive in. And if you have that as your like beacon of hope at the end and then start calculating based on that, then that's gonna mean that you're gonna have a milestone to work towards. And I know both, yeah, both of you and I have definite targets that sit like just above our desks
1: and go, keep everything written in front of me. And I have Siri reminding me daily of certain limits yeah, too. And
0: I'll tell you right now, creating milestones and creating targets for yourself that are stepping stones along the way are going to be so valuable, not only to work towards, but also to turn around and look back on. Like if you can sit there and go, okay. uh, And you know, you, you get over the peak and you go, Oh, there's still so far to go. But if you can turn around and look at the journey that you've had so far and see when and what, um, instigators were for increasing your rate or changing your costs or altering the way that you priced, as opposed to how much you priced, these are really important, really valuable moments and lessons that you can then chuck in your tool belt, grab onto the next rope and start pulling yourself up as well.
1: That's perfect. So like, what would be the next step? This is your baseline. Starting to learn the fundamentals of what you can extra bake into the pie of your value-based pricing. The goods and services fee, I still think people are probably really confused on that aspect. Okay. Because that is that then baked into the final amount or is it like a line item? Here's this and then here's the final amount.
0: So it's baked into the final amount, but it's really up to you to
1: work out what
0: makes you uh, not necessarily most comfortable, but
1: makes the most sense to you. Can you describe what a good and services fee would be to people? Because this is a little bit new too. It's similar to kind of what I believe Maggie's talking about art creation fee, but I want to hear like a definition of it, like a fifth grader could understand it and then how you bake it in and how do you leverage it with your own? You know, how, how do you calculate your own and where could someone start with their own? I think that would be super helpful.
0: Yeah. So that goods and services fee is very similar to the dollar amount that you're putting on your time, but it is a whole number. It is not a Um, You can have 17 serves of my hourly rate. It's this project itself, I know is going to take 10 hours. Plus, I want to bake in a little bit more time just in case. So I'll probably add about 10 to 20% just to cover myself. And so in that scenario that we were saying earlier, that my, my rate's $150 an hour. I've got 10 hours worth of work but I can see that scope may creep. I can see that things may bleed out the edges and go everywhere and get messy. So I might bake in an extra, say three hours. So that means that I'm probably going to be charging around about 1950. So I would round it to 2000. I would just round that out so that I
1: feel comfortable. And that's just your baseline of what you're going to build off of from people just to, or yeah, figuring that out. Cool.
0: Yeah. And so then when you're taking into consideration the extra little bits and pieces of um, things that I can add in, so you've got your goods and services fee, the actual dollar amount that's put on the time, effort, energy, skills and creation of what you're doing. And then you bake in extra bits and pieces so that you can serve that up to them a lot easier for them to understand. And then the, the last kind of part is the value. So if the value Um, that you're serving is actually like way different to what the input is, then you need to readjust and putting whole numbers on things is fine. You are allowed to go, okay, well, I was going to be charging 2000 for that, but it looks like it's probably going to make the client $10,000 in the first year. So I probably shouldn't be charging them $2,000. I probably should be closer to five and very rarely, does a client come back and say, can you please justify your rates? Can you please exactly tell me exactly why you charged what you charge? It's less when it's confidence driven. Um, and there was a great post that um, Gade Frank uh, put out the other week, which was a text message from a client, which is like, can you please break down the costs um, of this 10K branding package? And he went, yes, it is 10K for me to do it and 0K for me not to. And it was just like, wow, okay, fair enough. Because when you're confident in the value you serve, you're going to be confident in when they come back and say, oh, I don't know, maybe can you justify, can you change the way that you're um, serving? The way you serve up to your clients is about you doing the best that you can with what you have and making that or helping that to match what the client is expecting or wanting or needing.
1: I liked how you said it, or if I could have you repeat that again, I think I am getting it now and how you're breaking it down. So it's like basically a three part model for the total uh-huh. price. The goods and services fee is that hourly rate times the projected hours baked in an extra 20%. That's your hourly rate. That's your goods and services fee. Get it. And then part two you mentioned is something here. And then that's the, um, the experience that is say that all again, I'm like writing the notes down, but like, I want people to hear the three parts again, one more time. Cause I thought that was beautiful.
0: So I'm actually going to reframe it a little bit. So, uh, if we roll back the tape a little bit, when uh, a couple of months ago, I put up a piece on my Instagram, um, that was, what are you charging for when you serve what you're serving? Are you charging for the ingredients are you charging for the slice of pie or are you charging for the full belly? So your ingredients are the inputs, the things, the goods and services fees, the stuff that you're doing. And so like uh, if you were to go to your favourite brunch place, you aren't going to sit there and ask the chef, okay, well, how much was the eggs? How much was the bacon? How much was all of the inputs? Then if you look at what you're serving up, the slice of pie, that's, the knowledge the uh the expertise as well as the other extra bits and pieces like the plate that it served on um the the hosting the printing the stuff that is they may not have considered that they need to be able to digest what you're serving up but then when it comes to the value you're talking talking about that full belly full belly feeling so We talk a lot about, you know, there's lots of different designers that can do lots of different things, but there is definitely a a worth and a value when it comes to the person, how easy they are to work with, how much they can see the other things coming down the road or create and ideate with the client and say, oh, well, I was thinking this could be really valuable to your business. This could be something extra as well as being aware and understanding if, the client's making lots of money, you're allowed to
1: make money too. Say if it's like a mom and pop versus like a bigger brand, clearly the value for the bigger brand is even more. You can't charge both equally.
0: And if you did charge both equally, you would either shortchange yourself with the larger client or you would put that mom and pop out of business. And if they're not a business, they can't pay you. So if they're like, a lot of the time when we're trying to do these large branding Uh, situations or these large projects and we're trying to expect someone who isn't a large corporation, they're a small down the road um, mom and pop, you're not able to um, charge those high rates because it doesn't match what what you're serving to them. The value is not matched, but it also has the potential to be so expensive that they're not able to run their business. And if they're not able to run the business, you're not going to be able to get future work from them because it's all about creating relationships with
1: clients so that they come to you when they need you and you're ready. 100%. I hope whoever's listening is having some breakthroughs right now. Like this is, this is everything I needed when I started, you know, and everybody has their kind of own variations in models. If you're heavy on illustration, here's a great model. If you're heavy on like the branding or uh, the layout related assets, print or digital, there's a great layout here too. And I really, really like this, but from there, what do you feel are the next steps or what are the next steps? If you're that beginner, this is more beginner and intermediate. From your level, where would you take this next?
0: Well, The next steps are recognizing when you're probably taking on too much uh, or you're too cheap. So if you're getting more... No, sorry, if you're forgetting what it feels like to be told, no, you're too expensive, you're too cheap straight away. Like that's it. If you're saying, if you're getting all yeses, everyone is saying yes, 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 yes. You are too cheap. So it is immediately time to start dreaming bigger.
1: I I, got to say real quick, I learned something in a marketing workshop. I love that you're saying this. And I learned something in a marketing workshop with Lewis Howes at his conference. And they were basically saying like, if you have some type of product or service and what is it? over 50% of people are saying yes right away and not batting an eye, you need to raise your rates. And it was like, yes, absolutely. Okay. If most people are picking the full price option versus your monthly option, it's time to raise mm-hmm. your rates. So I'm really, really glad you said that. I was like, okay, that was a beautiful thing to segue because that can be applied to whatever type of service model or product that someone's pushing.
0: Most definitely. Like, And if your pricing isn't responding to market demand, then it's, going to become stagnant. It's not, it's not going to progress. You're not going to be in your 50s still charging the same amount of money um, for what you're doing now. There was actually a, a story I shared with some of my followers a little while ago and I'll share it here. So there used to be a burger joint that was around the corner from us and you would get all of your normal burgers and, and fries and, and it was an awesome place. And then on the menu, they had this thing called carrot ceremony. And you'd sit there and go, what what is a carrot ceremony? And it was $2. Cool. Not a problem. Sure. Here's 2 bucks. I want to find out what a carrot ceremony is. And it was literally the owner of the burger shop coming to your table and peeling a carrot in front of you. That's all it was. Like, that is it. And so every time that someone ordered it, he upped the price. And then he upped it again. And then he upped it again. And it became this thing where people were like oh let's go to the burger joint and they'd be like hey hey get get the carrot ceremony and like the people are still buying it when it's more expensive than the burger like it's just going and going and going and people are responding to it because it's fun it's interesting they're not necessarily paying for you could get like a bag of carrots for a dollar and these people are paying like 18 19 dollars by the time that they to
1: watch this dude peel a yeah carrot. to watch
0: this dude peel a carrot he even had someone order it takeaway and so he went into their like to their house in their land room and starts peeling this carrot
1: you got to up the goods and services fee on yeah that one.
0: exactly like the ROI on that is amazing and so by the time that they closed up so he actually went of all things onto run for council for local council but he finished up his burger shop he finished up and at the time of closing. It was $32 for a carrot ceremony. Wow. And so he was responding to market demand. He was creating an entertainment value or a, uh, an extra, adding an extra value because it created buzz, it made people laugh and think and brought people together with an entertainment purpose by just peeling a carrot. And so by increasing that rate he was able to just keep that sustaining, keep that being something that was entertaining and responding to market rate. So if you can then apply that to your business of like, if people are always getting the same things or you'll find yourself that you are working every single hour in the day, and still not making ends meet or feeling like your bank account is reflecting the absolute blood, sweat, and tears that you're putting into your business. It's time to raise your rate. It's time to up the price when everyone wants a slice.
1: When did you find you last needed to up your rates as of recently this year, especially due to inflation? Like when you have these conversations, like I helped a student craft a message of like increasing his rates with, um, You know, the demand, his demand increasing, as well as inflation, you know, here just got labeled as 6.2%, but it's way more than that. I'm sure it's way worse in Australia, too. Crazy stuff's going on there. Um, Do you take that into account when you're like relaying this to people, like the economic standpoint of things of why demand is increased? economy I'm like groceries have gone up like crazy gas has gone up like crazy and like these are all things to consider too
0: yeah and those are living expenses those are things that you take into account when you are calculating what salary you need to be able to survive and realistically um when you are employed by an employer you get a raise each year so if you aren't giving yourself a raise each year at the very least that like the if you have not given yourself a raise in the last year, please right now, give yourself a raise. And it doesn't have to be massive. Like I'm talking $10. If you raise your rate by $10. Okay, say for instance, you are on $45 an hour and you're working 30 hours a week in your business. You're probably around about the 50, I think it's 62,000. If you raise your rate by just $10 an hour, you've gone from 65 or sixty ish to 80, $80, $80,000. That extra $20,000, 15, 25, uh, 15 to $20,000 is really, really like potentially life-changing just from $10. That's, That's, it doesn't have to be like, well, that's it. I'm raising all of my rates immediately. And also one of the fears that a lot of people have when it comes to raising your rate, you're scared that your current clients aren't going to, are going to leave you because of it. Well, they're in business too and they understand that if their costs go up, they're probably going to have to raise their their rates as well. That's that's just business responding and they also understand that you're actually more valuable to them now than you were when you started because you have brand understanding, you've being through the trenches with them and it's going to be more costly for them to find someone else that
1: does what you do and you know the language that they use and their audience uses you know there's so many different things like you grow value so um as we kind of like wind things down and land the plane in your opinion what would be a great starting privately hourly rate for people cuz i know some students are like i charge $25 an hour you know i make 18 at the day job so 25 i'm like too low uh uh-uh. uh, let's, let's, we're going up to 50. We're going up to 40, 45 or something like that ASAC. In your opinion, where would be a great starting point for someone, say they're just getting started versus, and then someone who's like a year or two into the game, then five years, you know, what would that progression and scale look like? Knowing that they're investing in their craft, the demand is slowly continuing to grow, you know, general trajectory going upward, how would that look in a perfect world for someone?
0: In a perfect world, and I'm very well aware that being in Australia um, and Australia, America, UK, they're all slightly different. And they're all, um, even when we look at, I've had some students that are like, well, design isn't valued where I am. Okay. well, work out what the number is for your particular situation. So say for instance, and I'm just going to be spitballing here. I, as a If I was hiring someone, I would not be feeling comfortable paying less than $50 an hour to a junior that knows their shit, like someone who knows what they're doing. Once you get a couple of years under your belt, you would have progressed slightly from that 50 at least. But two, three years, you should probably be looking at over that time, almost doubling your rate.
1: So say, for instance, if I was going to say 75 to a hundred. Yeah.
0: And then once you get over that, um, hundred hump, which is, you know, it's, it's a milestone. Please celebrate it. Please be like celebrating that milestone that you now. Some kind of pie, whether it's
1: blueberry or pizza.
0: I'm I'm so, I've never had a pizza pie and I feel like it's like the perfect amalgamation of our two brands. Like it's just, it'd
1: it'd be amazing. Uh, to me, a pizza pie is just the pizza. I, I guess. think it's like, the deep, it's it's the deep.
0: Oh, we don't call it pie.
1: Oh, you mean <laughs> like Chicago yeah. style? or Yeah. The pie okay, is something okay. with filling it. in it. A, okay, okay, a calzone. calzone.
0: Oh, now, we, now we're getting in the calzone zone now. Too
1: many carbs for me. I am, I'm on a low carb day, non-training day. It's a high fat day and I get no pizza today, so.
0: Look, today, today is dead left day, so it's going to be an interesting day this afternoon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: deadlifts and pie that that goes to get fuels your workout okay so now we're at like that intermediate level 100 charging a crispy washington if you're in the united states a crispy washington green back over here or no no no, it'd be a a, a benny a benji franklin hey. over here so so okay then the next level and then we'll kind of wrap things up
0: so next level would be you can see the value that you're delivering on larger base projects like you're sitting there going this is this is something that's like a ten thousand dollar project. Your hourly rate could change completely depending on the client. But as if you're having a minimum minimum of one fifty an hour and going, well, look, this is this is what um, I'm charging. And if I was charging any less, I'd kind of feel like I was being shortchanged. So I need to be upping my. Um, my rate. But within that, you need to be serving and delivering value that is reflective of that rate. So you can't just be going, oh, I'm going to be charging $200 an hour, but still be delivering what a $50 an hour designer does. You need to be matching that rate and, and providing that value and baking that value in so that you can have those repeat return clients, customers and fans that share you like their little secret with people who are going to know your worth and understand it um, as much as what that original client did.
1: And I think over time, people will understand the unique value that they bring outside of just their work. Like maybe you have a unique way, like made by James of showcasing your logos yeah. that li- that clients love and you get like marketed to uh, their platform. You know, that's just like a bonus. You know, I get to like feature my client, mm-hmm. a little extra uh, awareness for them something like that, or maybe you make time-lapse videos with the projects you do or whatever. There's there's some kind of creative solution you could use to bring that little extra level of value, but you'll find it over time when you stick mm-hmm. with it.
0: It's yeah, it's all about finding that little extra flavor, extra extra flavor packet that you can add in that is just like, that's me, that's what
1: I do. Okay, where can people go to find you online, support you and uh, soak up your resources?
0: So to find uh, courses, resources and extra source packets, um, head to easiestpiepricing.com where there is plenty to feast on. And you can also find me on the Instagrams, JH Designs or search either easiest pie pricing or pricing queen. I'll pop up and I'll be ready to serve you all of these tips, tricks and everything that I can kind of serve to you. Um, I also want to let you guys know um, those on the podcast who are listening, who have been massive fans like myself since day one. Yes, I have listened to episode one. All the way through.
1: Oof, yeah, but nah, nah,
0: because rough. it shows your
1: growth. Come a long way. Over yeah, here. that's what we do. It's that's what we do. Way.
0: So if you yeah. head to easyaspie pricing.com slash Scotty, if you don't know, you now know. Um
1: if you had to- no ie no, no I. man, no, man. Here,
0: folks. so if you head to easiest pie you can access my free pricing calculator that takes all of the calculations that we talked about on this episode and makes it so that all you have to do is do the little sliders and put in exactly like start with your salary bake in your expenses portion it out so that you've got it for your hours and it's going to serve you up your hourly rate on a silver platter so that you know your personal hourly rate and then you can absolutely take off and just bake anything that you want and be able to serve and price yourself so that you're actually making dough for what you do
1: this was good i really 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 appreciate you and i'm really really proud to see like the radical transformation you've made this year and truly owning your brand and just melting faces with absurd value doing what you love being the pricing queen and owning the pie persona oh yeah it's pretty dope. You're doing a great Thank job, you. and I hope people found a lot of value in this. I know they did. So, have an incredible rest of your day, and yeah, I can't wait to see what kind of moves that you're shaking and baking moving oh, forward.
0: Oh, look, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be baking amazing.
1: <laughs> All right, Jazzy. <laughs> later. Have a great day. Catch gotcha. you. Peace. All right, fam. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with former rock star student Jasmine Holmes. Don't forget to snag the exclusive podcast listener-only freebie tool she's dishing out over at com slash Scotty. Also, link is in the show notes. So do what you do best. If you found value in what Jasmine had to say today, go blow her up on Instagram right now and share with her your biggest takeaway. And stay tuned because she's always got something cooking behind the scenes ready to serve up to you. So uh, yeah, Tons of helpful pricing-related resources coming your way in the queue. Again, share this with your friends, your family, or following if you found it useful. That'd mean a lot to me, and you can find full episode information containing all links and references in the show notes within your current podcast listening app. So real quick, if you're looking for the next steps for growing a profitable creative side hustle, consider downloading your free side hustle growth resource over at SideHustleFreedomToolkit.com. This toolkit is loaded with guides that will help you master your time and reduce guesswork, build an engaged community around your work, hone your craft, charge more, and make an impact. It also includes sampler brushes and exercises for my best-selling digital ink brushes for Procreate and the Side Hustlers Handbook Mini Course. Again, download this for free over at SideHustleFreedomToolkit.com. And as I sign off, I got to give a huge shout out to my podcast editor, Anya Brennan, executive assistant, Paige Garland, video specialist, Colton Bakker, social media coordinator, Hannah Schick and Nick Jenkins of Bluka. And as you finish off your week strong, I want to continue to encourage you to keep showing up, keep putting in the work and keep creating. You got this.